Well, all right, man. Welcome back to Classroom 21. Here we are once again. So far, our subscription or our... Uh, we're still on the air. <laughs> all right, so, so you're, you're breaking up real bad again, man. You're going to have to do something. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, we you you, you several words you said dropped out a minute ago there. We want these people to be uh, able to hear everything we say. You're right, especially tonight. We don't. No, yeah, we, don't, we, don't we don't. We don't want any words missing, so everybody can misconstrue what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely right about that. Uh, since the topic tonight uh, is an expansion on what we talked about in the last episode, uh, so we'll jump right to it. Uh, our topic. Uh, the last episode we were talking about uh, men raising young girls to be ladies and women uh, raising boys to be men. Uh, so keeping with the topic of more or less parenting and kids and things of that nature, uh, today we'll be talking about with the upcoming uh, sports, you know, football and all that good stuff come up in the season. Uh, should uh, parents allow their kids well I wouldn't say kids or let's just say a uh, young girl wants to play football should you allow the young girl to play football parents who allow their kids to do or uh, give in to their kids to do whatever they want to do so whatever they come up with this is what we allow them to do on the other end of the spectrum we have parents who uh, don't allow their kids to do things because they feel like they can't do them uh more or less like uh, we'll keep that with the teenagers like whether or not a child can drive in a certain uh, let's say like a metropolitan area versus driving through the country uh, with that particular parent so uh, one in another spectrum we have parents who allow their kids to dream further than what they probably should dream and another in another spectrum parents who are kind of halting a, a kid on a particular uh Development. It all deals with development, no matter how you look at it. Uh, one end, someone can argue that if you allow your kids to do whatever they want to come up with, there's a certain level of spoiling them. And then on the other end, you can argue that, hey, you're not allowing this kid to uh, go all the way through uh, their development by telling them something that they cannot do. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about uh, tonight. More or less child development, but just in a different a different concept than what we're used to. Most people look at child development as well, can my child read or write or are they socializing properly? Uh, I think we tend to skip over this portion of child development because it really goes directly into how a child is going to view the world per se, you know, whether or not I feel privileged. Or whether or not I feel like I uh, haven't experienced enough because I had a, a parent who uh, sheltered me, mm-hmm. or you know I had a parent who uh, was was absent and said, "Well, hey, here, do whatever you want to do. You feel like you want to be a girl, play football, or you know, uh, be a boy, and you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know, do hair or." ballerina or something you know just whatever it is you <laughs> uh, so that's kind of like yep. what we're talking about tonight. so uh you want to go first or, or you want me to go first 
Um, let's see, well, I guess well, I haven't haven't said anything yet, so I guess I get to. Uh, I'll, I'll put in maybe not my two cents worth, but uh, a penny or two's worth at least. Penny's worth. <laughs> um, I think uh, first of all, it, it's, it's a pretty complex issue because it's uh, you know depending on I think we'd have to take it by a case by case basis um, I know something you said a minute ago you commented that um, I think you used the phrase you know parents limiting their children like, because they can't think they can do it or something like that but um, I, I do know people who have like limited their children to from doing certain activities for their for what they saw as their protection um and like in some cases it makes sense i can see where uh parents you know some parents might not want their kids you know going you know riding dirt bikes or something you know because they don't want to you know they don't want them to end up with 12 broken bones in the hospital and uh i can you know i can understand you know their fears and you know some people would say well you got to let the kids live and if they're not you know if they're not living on the edge and you know experiencing danger then they're never going to be able to develop and overcome their fears and things like that but um yeah i think the uh if it's if it's if it's for protection that's one thing if you're if you're worried about your your children's safety um and it also reminds me of some pretty recent research like the most recent research that i've seen on a uh, um subconcussive head trauma you know has shown that for instance, you know, kids who play football over a course of years, like even if they never have a serious uh, head injury, even if they never get a concussion, just the series of, you know, what, you know, what they call subconcussive impacts over a period of time, you know, just those light, you know, the head just, you know, banging the heads, you know, in shoulder pads and stuff over and over and over has proven to uh, cause pretty significant brain damage over a period of time. And a lot of these people, especially football players and uh, people in, you know, high contact sports like that have, you know, especially a lot of it doesn't manifest until they get older, too. So there's there's a real significant risk there that people didn't used to see because it didn't manifest immediately. It's something that wouldn't manifest until you know the, the child, quote unquote, was up into their 50s or something before the real effects of it and by that time there's you know it's there's so much damage that's and what by the start time you start to see the effects of it there's absolutely nothing that can be done you know and they're just cognitive abilities start going downhill and they start having memory problems and it's just lots and lots of things like that so there's there's a lot of things to take into consideration um, on the other hand if it's if, if you don't want your child doing an activity just because it uh for example does it conform to you know your ideas of, of traditional gender roles or something like that i think they uh, might be a, a, a position to reconsider you know because you you know you could be limiting you know there's things like uh you know things like male cheerleaders you know that for a lot of people is unthinkable but you know pretty uh-huh. much all of the seen male cheerleaders you know yeah a while back i think a male cheerleader was, was a, a long stretch you know but I think gymnastics kind of helped male cheerleaders uh, quite a bit. You know? Oh, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, this is what I'm getting at here. Okay, so uh, I used to coach Little League football, and this is probably where you see it the most. You have a young girl who's more of a tomboy, mm-hmm. and, you know, she tells the parents, you know, oh, I'm going to go play. I want to go play football, you know. So 
football is, in my opinion, I'm, I, you know, I'll stick by this. Football is not a woman's sport. Mm-hmm. I'll just be honest with you. I played the sport for a very long period of time. Uh, and I've, I've coached it for a very long period of time. Uh, and at any age, at any age, football is not necessarily a, a female sport. And anybody listening to the podcast, they're probably going to try to eat me up on that one, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll bring up the few people, you know, that actually play football. And I've seen them. I, I, I'm a good celebrator of women, but football is not a, a female sport. It's just not a female sport. And uh, I've coached on all levels, from little kids through high school, not necessarily college or anything of that nature, but from from little kids to high school. And I've seen some really vicious hits, mm-hmm. you know, with with uh, on Little League, you know, just because they're kids does not mean that there are some kids out there who absolutely uh, come out to play. Yeah. And I would tell parents, hey, look, you know, um, this is probably not the sport you want to put your daughter in. You know, maybe you want to put her in something else because this is not the sport. Mm-hmm. And because most parents come back with, well, you don't know my kid, my daughter, she's a tomboy. She's tough. She's fast. She's this, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all, of the, all of the comments. And so I'm, I'm looking at, okay, well, what, if she, what, what happens when she gets older? And I said, okay, you still want her to play football. So then you get into the thing about, well, you know, she could still play, you know, as long as they, well, she get dressed in another locker room and she can do this and she can do that. I'm like, that's not what I'm, that's, that's not the, the thing we should be showing kids. I'm like, okay, if, if a child, we're the parents. If a child is doing something, say, look, you know, it's okay to play around in the yard with a sport like football. I'm not talking about basketball or anything else. I'm just going to say a sport similar to football. And I know there are a lot of female sports opposite of male sports. You know, you have basketball, you have soccer, you have golf, you have uh, I think there's even some wrestling, but there is not a lot of fe- there isn't any female side to football. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I believe in on, the, on one side, it depends on when your kids say they want to do things and you just allow them to do whatever it is they want to do. To me, that cre- that creates a really pr- that creates a real problem in the development because there's going to be some things that children just are not going to be able to do. Yeah, there's just some things you know that a child is going to want to do, and they're just not going to be able to do it. So then we create do we create a privilege in the child at that point to say, well, because you're not able to do it, now we go up and we try to change you know, whatever the norm is to fit this one person. And don't get me wrong, I know some people can jump all over this thing about transgender and they can jump all over, you know, the thing about oh. over the time in history. That's and, a whole other bag of worms right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know a lot of people can jump on many different bandwagons. I understand. But so, I'm talking so let me, about... Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, so, so why is it why is it exactly then that you don't think that Football is is appropriate sport for girls to play. I mean, well, you- number one, number one, there's a lot of locker room everything. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about locker room chatter because guys, you know, when they had the thing about the reporter, you know, the the uh, 
the TV reporter that was yeah. inside the uh, the professional locker room. Uh, I think it was the Cardinals, and they had the comments. I'm not talking about chatter because I absolutely believe that us as men we can actually communicate better in locker room. I yeah. was I was all for that. But what I'm getting at as far as the locker room is uh, there's a certain bond that takes place on a team uh, on any level. And in football, a lot of times that's when you're dressing in and dressing out for the game. And you're inside that locker room. And anything could happen. Uh, You know, as far as if you're talking about middle school, a lot of kids are just learning their bodies at that particular point. You know, they're coming into hormones and things of that nature. You could put your daughter into a, you could put her in a potentially dangerous situation where one point learning how to treat girls just yet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the equipment is not made for girls at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. The equipment is just not made for women. It's not made to protect women in the area that they're protected in. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I think about it, I can go down a lot longer list, but football all around is a sport that's built on how how tough you can be when you get ready to put the pass on. It's all about competition in the game, competition at practice, competition on the field, competition everywhere. And mm-hmm. I just don't think a woman that, you know, if you put exposing your daughter to that, that's not the area because that's male bravado. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a it's not a male at that point, it's a female. And female competition and female uh <clears throat> the way that they communicate and communicate and and uh try to uh compete with each other is different how guys do it. You know, uh guys fight a lot in the locker room. Uh there's just mm. a lot that goes on there. Then you move from the locker room to the field where you have to produce and this is when you get some really vicious hits yeah I'm just not okay so so I I think usually you know usually I I like to uh, try to disagree with you at least a little bit on some point offer some balance but I I have to say I I agree with you on this but it's interesting because I I agree for different reasons I think Um, I honestly it's kind of interesting because I would have really the the whole the the what you were talking about with the locker room and stuff i would have that would have been probably the bottom of my list of reasons um of course you know i'm all about numbers and data and uh, you know i love to uh pull up things like that and i do know that you know there there are very very significant um not just psychological but but physical and physiological differences between men and women and some of those differences, you know, on from from an evolutionary perspective, have manifested that that men have developed to be, you know, quote unquote warriors. You know, they. Um, so, for one thing, I know when you're talking about hits, I was, you know, like, I think uh, maybe a kind of what you were what you were getting at was you, you never implied that like a woman, a, a girl, wouldn't be capable of uh, um, giving or receiving a hit same as man but the thing is if you look at average now i want to preface this first before i go any further let me say that i know there's lots of variation in people and there's lots of like if you look at the the whole bell curve of people there's a there's a it goes in both directions a long way 
And I know there's, I, I, as a matter of fact, I personally know women that could probably pick me up and body slam me if they, if they chose to do so. However, if you look on the average, if you look on the average all the way, if you take the, if you take all the, the averages all the way across the board of all males and all females, um, females have approximately 30% of the upper body strength of men. So that means that on average, women are literally one third as strong as men in their, in their upper body strength. Um, lower body strength, the legs is actually closer. You know, it's, it's not quite as much of a difference. I guess I'm trying to say, but upper body strength is a huge, huge difference. And also when it comes to the thickness of the skull and thickness of the jawbone, um, that's one of the reasons why men have actually evolved to be able to, to fight basically because the, the thicknesses of a man's skull and jawbone are significantly thicker than a female's. You know, this translates into, you know, why, you know, a man can take a punch basically a lot better than a woman can on average. You know, I always put on average because I know, you know, you could, you could, you know, throw out Ronda Rousey or, you know, some exceptions to the rule like that. But for the most part, um, the jawbone, if you look at the jawbone widths, depending on where you measure it, are on a man or somewhere between 10 to 20% thicker on a man than they are on a woman. Um, thicknesses of the skull are different um, because like I said men have the, the theory is that men have evolved to be able to to be able to take a punch or a hit or something like that um, if you go back through human history you know there was a time where you know there was a lot of people probably clubbing each other over the head and you know the, the ones who got clubbed over the head and got knocked out didn't get to reproduce so <laughs> in a nutshell, so all of these things, like, and I mean, that's not saying, it's not making any judgment call on that at all. I'm not making any, not imposing any moral assumptions on that. I'm just saying from a purely factual basis, um, men, you know, have thicker skulls and thicker jaw bones and significantly higher upper body strength, which puts them at a tremendous, you know, the average one, a tremendous disadvantage. And, um, so there are exceptions, you know, I mean, I'm, there are women out there that could probably take a hit just as good as any man. But if you, you know, the problem I feel like is if you want to make a rule that all across the board, it's, it's okay. Just it's everybody should be a, a let, let girls comp- compete in, in, in boys sports. Um, then you, you're putting girls in, in danger because they're, they're at a far greater risk than you know the average boy is in some of those situations and really that's a large part of the reason why women's sports exist in the first place you know women's sports exist so women could have their own their own space to compete and to you know to to give it their all and you know in a more even playing field because when it comes to 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 sports of of speed and strength and endurance um especially like i said you know high contact sports you know high impact sports there's really absolutely no no competition there it's um it would be i think it'd be doing a severe injustice to uh to girls to, to put them in a situation that their bodies aren't physically capable of handling okay so now when we we get to that point we talk about that portion of development as far as like the bodies and uh muscle growth and things of that nature now we have the parents you know like I said, I coach Little League. You had the parents that say, oh, my child, they, they can they can take it or whatever, you know? So I said, okay, 
So, you know, you put them out there. And I'll give you a great example here in a minute, but let me say this first. Uh, parents, I, th- I think when parents allow their kids to do to do things that they should not do, I think you create a level of privilege in a child because then they know, well, if I, if I whine enough, if, I, if I'm strong enough and in my uh, opinion, then my parents will let me do it. So then if you're eight years old, then you take that into when you're 12 and 13 and 16, it turns into a problem at a certain point in time, you know, because like I said, you create this privilege in a child. Now, let me say that to say this. I coach uh, Little League and I, uh, we had this one team that uh, we played and when we played the team, uh, the first time we played, we lost, not by much, but you know, they had a, a female linebacker. And this was a uh, 13-year-old uh, league uh, while we was coaching it. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, you know, it took a little time. I took over the team uh, after, like, the second game or something, I think, the second second game or third game or whatever. I took over the team, and so we restructured the whole entire team. And this was, we got down to the playoffs. We were able to come into the playoffs, and um, we came around. We were back up against the same team but the same female player and uh so we had this play that uh I pretty much I think I just called it like a plow or something like that I forgot what it was called <laughs> pretty much the thing came around the corner with like three lead blockers it was just one of those plays where you're just bound and determined to make yardage whether mm-hmm. it was a little yardage or whether you went for a touchdown but nobody was gonna stop it in other words well no. she did what she was trying to do you know she she was a inside linebacker, and you know the one linebacker got sucked in, you know, like he was supposed to, on the first handoff, which was a fake handoff, and he got sucked mm-hmm. in, got trapped. She's the middle, so she swung out, and she sealed the end. You know that's what she's supposed to do. And when we came around, the, came around that corner, she was just demolished. You know, so I'm not gonna sit up and say and try to sugarcoat it, man. They just we just ran all over this chick and. Man, I'm telling you, if you'd have saw the play, you'd have thought she was a tumbleweed because they, they just just demolished her. Like I said, wow. it's, they had three lead blockers, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. You know, she got she got her head wrong pretty good. And uh, we came around. The uh, the coaches came around and, you know, picked her up off the field. And, of course, you know, it's on our sideline. So one of the coaches turns to me and said, man, you ought to be ashamed of yourself hitting a girl like that. Hmm. So, I I just at the time my only response was, dude, she's a football player. This is football. Yeah, this is not you know this ain't. So my thing is okay. So you knew that you knew what football was. These coaches know what football is. I know what football is. So all of a sudden now she's a girl. But before when she was when she mm-hmm. was out here tackling, back in the quarterback, she was a good football player. So she's either gonna be a football player on the field or she's gonna be a girl on the sidelines. That's right. You can't you can't have it both ways. Man, let me let me me share a story. Let me I don't want to cut you. Let me let me share a story with you along those same lines. Um, I had a similar experience. Uh, My son, my oldest son, when he was younger, he uh, he did he was actually really active in martial arts. He took uh, taekwondo. He's a black belt in taekwondo. He did uh, um, jujitsu and and judo. 
but he was really jujitsu was his thing, man. So we would we would go to jujitsu tournaments all over the place, man. We'd go to Jacksonville and Savannah, and uh, he he loved to compete in the jujitsu. And uh, so we were at a, a tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, one time, and uh, he he got matched up. There was this was the division he was in was was like I. Yes, you know, boys eight, you know, there's the there's the weight classes. They, they divided it by weight and age. Anyway, there was a girl that was in his division. And like when they called the you know, they would call the names and you know, so they would whenever your name was called, you stepped up. And man, as soon as he stepped up and he saw the girl, oh my gosh, a poor kid, he like he, he was probably thirteen at the time, maybe. But man, he just was in a panic and he he looked at me like, Dad, what am I supposed to do? I can't, I can't hurt a girl. I don't, you know, because that went against everything I'd ever taught him. You know, I mean, you you respect women, you respect girls, and and he was just, I mean, poor thing, he was just about to have a panic attack. And I said, son, calm down. I said, you don't treat her any differently than you would any other opponent. You just focus on what you've learned. You focus on what you do. At this moment, I said, she's not a girl. She's she's your she's your competitor. She's just like any other person. You show her the same respect um, that you would show any other competitor. And so, uh, so he went in, and and she was tough. Now, I mean, I'll give this girl that. She she put up a fight, but there was there was no chance. And uh, yeah, he finally he got her an armbar, and he started cranking down on that armbar. And she was so determined, she didn't want to tap out. She really she let it go on longer than it could. Almost broke her arm. Um, cause he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got her in the arm bar and he kept cranking down on it a little, you know, he started out just holding it and gave her a chance to tap. And then he'd crank down a little bit tighter and wait, he cranked down a little bit tighter and he kept going until, you know, like I said, her, her, her elbow was bending backwards and, you know, it almost broke before she finally tapped out. So after the match was over, you know, my son won the match, you know, he should have been happy, but nobody was happy. <laughs> It was miserable. He felt terrible because in his mind, yeah, he won the match, but like he just hurt a girl in his mind. He was like, oh my God, he felt terrible. And the girl was bawling. I mean, she was just crying, sobbing because her arm was, you know, darn near broken. You know, Dangum almost near snapped it backwards at the the elbow because she didn't want to tap out. Um, So really in a situation like that, I hated it. But, um, you know, the, the fact that, that, you know, she wanted to compete in that sphere kind of created a really uncomfortable situation for everybody. You know, like there, there was really, it was kind of a no win situation for everybody there. There's no way, you know, there was, there was no good ending to that scenario because like I said, it's, you know, even though, you know, he won, you know, in any other situation, been any other competitor, you know, if it had been any, I mean, because he went to a lot of these tournaments and I've, I watched lots and lots of matches and they all, they all know how the game works. Okay. You know, if, it, if your opponent gets you an arm bar and you know, there's no way out of it, you tap, you don't, you don't get hurt, you know, and then, you know, the opponent would tap and then they both stand up and they'd shake hands and they might hug and say, you know, good job, man. And, you know, and everybody's happy, but <laughs> in a situation like this, it was a, it was a terrible situation for everyone concerned, you know? So it's, uh, it's kind of similar, I feel like, to you know the situation that the example that you brought up. Yeah, so that's why I say you know. So on the end of it, when you like I said, you have that they allowing their kids to do whatever they want to do. So how do, how do you think that factored in 
know the oldest this person gets right here you know do you I mean does that still go toward okay well I'll continue to let my child compete or do I feel okay look let's go back into the to, to the female side where you are uh, more of a competitor there and then maybe you know uh, the more and more you learn maybe you know you get into a professional side maybe there's an arena for you to be able to compete on both sides and then the female but learn first you know that you can't do everything you want to do you know mm-hmm. as a just I mean it doesn't matter if it's a male or female I'm just saying you know just you see it more prevalent uh, in uh, young girls than you do in like with young boys trying to cross over uh, you might see more or less with the boys you might see them trying to cross over to maybe like fraternities or I mean, sororities or something you know versus uh uh, the, the, the the other way around, you know, but I do know there are some females who have went on to play uh, sports. Uh, that was a, I mean, a football or whatever, male-dominated sports. That was a, a soccer player that went on to kick field goals for a uh, pretty decent-sized uh, college uh, team back in the uh, late 90s. Uh, I remember seeing her uh, when she wasn't going to get an opportunity to go any further than just that college uh, mm-hmm. team she was on. That was pretty much it. You know, so I was like, well, you know, how, how sucky does that go? Because he, you are a good field goal kicker. Well, she, I mean, she was booting them out there, you know, at least 40, yeah. 40 yards or better. It was during the time when 40 yard field goal was not the norm, you know. So uh, now, you know, 40 yard field goals are like, uh, if you can't kick a 40 yard, then why are you over here, you know? So, yeah. but. During this time, you know, 45-yard field goal was just, you know, not the thing. It was just unheard of, you know. A miracle if you made it past 40 yards, you know. Yeah, so she was, yeah, but, she was booting them out there, huh? Well, she was putting them in at 40 and 40, 45 and 48 yards. You know, she was, she was, she was putting them in. She was a very powerful soccer player on the soccer team. And if I remember the story correctly, the soccer team got dissolved. Mm-hmm. And so she was such a competitor. She just, she posed as like a boy and she went on to uh, get the job as a field goal kicker. And one of the other players outed her as a girl, you know, because the coach had already given her the scholarship as a boy. Oh, no. So, huh. well, um, I mean, I so think she, it, it, personally, I'll say, okay, I mean, if 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 there's different sports, okay, we've we've been using football as an example. I think football is kind of an yeah. extreme example because football, capital, but it happens. Capital, it football capitalizes on all the specific things that advantages that, that males have over females as far as like the upper body strength and the the thickness of the skull and jaw bones and things like that. But I mean, if you're talking about sports where there, there are there's pro, there's more sports, I would say probably far more where I think men and women could p- compete equally. And in those cases, I think they should definitely. I mean, it's like my stepson was on the, the rifle team at, at the high school here. And like the, the, our high school has actually one of the best. Well, they're state champions. They've been state champions, like I think seven out of the last 10 years or something like that. They're really, they have a really, really good rifle team. And the rifle team, like the 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 best shooter on the rifle team is a girl and the the rifle team is actually probably 
two-thirds girls. I mean, there's more. There's definitely it's over half, I know. So it's definitely more well, girls on the that. rifle team. That, you know, but that the rifle team isn't isn't a like a hard a high impact. It's it's more about you know it's more about accuracy and finesse and you know like the kind of things that really you know, the, the the boys and girls can compete at equally. There's really no advantage either way that I know of as far as the you know in gender. Well, what I'm getting at here is that not so much in the, the sports. Sports is just the one thing that kind of caught my attention because I had the conversation with a, a friend of mine. But um, what I was getting at is that why, you know, you have a kid. The kid was like eight years old. I'm like, you start now giving in to a kid when they're eight. Yeah. You know, because they're, because they're very opinionated then that same eight-year-old is going to be just as opinionated, or if not more, when they're 14 and 15, then it's a little harder for you to say, oh, no, oh, no, you can't do that because this is not appropriate or whatever. You know, because I feel like when we give in to kids all the time, we create privilege in a child at that particular point. So it's not supporting side to what I was getting at is that if we don't do our jobs as parents, yeah. at an early age then when a child goes through much more developmental years then it gets harder to parent that particular kid because we've all seen kids who are 12 and 13 and they're in a, an adult conversation more than the adults are they try to act more grown up than what the grown up do and then you're like well, well you're just a kid but they don't see it that way because for however many years the parents have allowed them to pretty much pretend to be an adult versus, mm-hmm. you know, being one. But let's go to the other end of the spectrum where we were talking about. Yeah, that's that's a whole yeah. What you, what you you're you're getting into a whole other realm. I feel like right there, getting yeah. into the realm of of you know children, you know, being you know spoiled and entitled and all that kind of stuff. So that's a. Yeah. So on the other end of the spectrum, when you have parents who don't allow their kids to experience hardly anything, mm-hmm. whether they're over religious or whether they are just uh, smothering the kids or being overprotective, but the child doesn't uh, is not allowed to completely develop. You know where um, you may have a kid, you know, that may have to they go to school, they come straight home homework and then you sit there and wait for your parents to come through the door. Now I, I went to school with plenty of kids who were not allowed to do anything. No mm-hmm. after school activity. Can't talk on the phone. You can barely watch television. Nothing. You know, so then when I, I got to college, you know, you see some of those same kids. Maybe not the ones I went to school with, but I do see some of those same kids. Uh go really wild and crazy when they got to college and they realized there's nobody hovering over me, nobody overprotective of me. You know, uh, I was like, well, what what did you do when you were a teenager? And the first thing they would say was, well, I didn't do anything. I haven't done anything. You know, I've had to uh, you know, uh, do whatever it was that, that the parents told you to do. Uh, at that particular time, you know, so um, and again, I give another example. Uh, I had a friend of mine, and uh, uh, they were they pretty much told me that 
uh, from the time they were like a teenager until they went to college, they wasn't exposed to anything. All they ever did was go to church with mm-hmm. their parents and the parents were older. So you have, you, you have a 15, 16 year old person that is stuck around a bunch of people that are 30 years older than them, maybe even 40 years older than them. And all they're telling this teenage person is that, you know, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. If you go out on Friday night, you're going to hell. If you do this, you're going Mm. to hell. So I I said, so you were stuck around a bunch of people who were way older than you, who had already lived life, and then they pretty much told you every day that you came to church that whatever you did, you was going to hell, so you didn't do anything. (laughs) So... Now that's a 30-something years old. This is no 30-something years old. At 30-something years old. <laughs> 34, I think it was. They said they had actually built up enough courage to actually kiss a person. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I think, Antonio, I think well, you're getting into a whole other realm right now, man. You, uh, we could talk, for, we could talk for three We could talk for three more hours about that, but we're already uh, easing up on 40 minutes. Of uh, recording time here already. I'm just, I mean, but that's what, that's what I'm talking about with the, with the child development, though, because of, that's what I'm saying. See, see it hurts so much. And on one end, you create the privilege. On the other end, you you know, you don't allow the child to do anything. So, mm-hmm. what's the better end? Which one is better? There's not a lot of gray area. Not a lot. Not a lot of in between. You have some parents who have better balance with it. Our families who better balance, but there's not a lot of in-between, you know, so at some point in time we have to, I think we have to parent but I think on the last episode, we gotta be more concerned with turning out good adults versus trying to make a child perfect. And I think that was really a profound statement. Yep, yep. I'd like to have somebody uh if, if, if somebody's listening to this right now and uh, disagree with 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 what we're saying, I'd, I'd like to hear them. Uh, maybe we can maybe we can get somebody to uh, to comment on this and jump in on the discussion on another episode. I think we probably could. I think we could need to stand up for now for maybe two more episodes and and see what uh and see what the general consensus would be as far as an expert is concerned. Because I I would like to know the balance myself, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, I was married at one point in time. I had uh, I had stepkids, you know, pretty much raised them all the way through it. They uh, you know, two girls and a boy. And uh, oldest girl, she didn't, she wasn't interested in sports, but the, the younger one was. And you know, she tried to play football at one point in time, and I mm-hmm. pretty much shut it down because I was like, it's not a girl sport, you know. Let's let's find something else, you know, and you know so like I said we can we can we can dig in on each side of the issue pretty well but I just think at some point in time we got to I don't know I think we have to look at how we parent and just try to parent better versus just giving in all the time but not be a overprotective parent either mm-hmm. oh yeah there's definitely a balance to be found there um, yeah so it's it's really that's kind of the the whole uh, the, the struggle of parenting though isn't it that's uh you know we all want to raise uh, strong independent you know children who grow up to be strong independent adults who are capable and 
and competent and all those good things. However, it's uh, it's really difficult. It's you know, if it was, if it, you know, if it wasn't, then you know there wouldn't be such a debate about how to properly handle, you know, parenting issues like this. So we want to, you know, was that? Oh no, go ahead, go ahead, finish the thought. Oh, just saying, yeah. Um, handling the handling these issues it would be easy. So obviously, there's there's a lot to discuss there. There's people have written, God only knows how many books over the you know the, the past several decades on parenting of of how to like you know raise obedient children and you know that you know fall in line and do what they're supposed to do versus you know raising children who are who are independent and are able to to go out on their own and do things and so it's um it's there's a yeah there's a lot of debate to be had there i'm sure there's a lot of people even amongst the experts there's no uh there's no hard and fast answers well i think next episode we'll invite a, a guest out and we'll make see what we can uh how many rocks we can uncover then you know uh so like I said, yeah, I guess it's getting pretty close to the time for us to wrap up our conversation. Mm-hmm. So and, uh, again, uh, you can find uh, anything that you want uh, to know about us on uh, Classroom 21, the Facebook page. You can also send an email to Classroom 21 with two M's. That's uh, Classroom 21 with two M's at uh, gmail.com and uh, uh any, anytime you want to leave a comment or a voice message, you can do so on the Anchor app. Just search Classroom 21 on the Anchor app and you click the link for a voice message and uh, you can uh, join in our conversation via voice message and we'll try to uh, answer your uh, comment on the next episode. However, if you can't wait until then, you can always go to the Facebook page of Classroom 21 and leave any comment under any one of these episodes that you like and we'll definitely get back to you. That's it. Hit us up on Facebook, man. Leave your comments. Um, just, uh, you know, one thing we ask is be respectful. We, uh, we're we all here to learn and, and uh, discuss ideas and so as we can uh, we just don't want anybody getting on there being ugly. So far, so far we haven't had that problem, but I think that's just because nobody's really aware of us yet. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming along the way that's we're, it we're coming around the <laughs> so yeah you know as a matter of we're fact as a matter of fact I'd like to say that man for anybody that's listening to this right now um, go on go to the Classroom 21 Facebook page and just say something just say hello just so we know we're, you're there and uh, you know love to love to know that you know there's people uh, getting in on the discussions even if they're not a uh, actively participating you know if anybody there is uh, interested in the things we're talking about and you know wants to to be part of it in any way there you go uh as always uh passion without purpose is pointless you know so uh, uh look at it any way you want but that's my little motto passion without purpose is pointless uh again find us on classroom 21 on facebook and uh Holler at us. All right. See you next time. Yes, sir.